Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. What are they made of? Cured edible green leaves, food-grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical-grade nicotine. No tobacco leaf or stem. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco and want to join the Black Buffalo herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online and they ship directly to most states. Or check out their store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. The volume. Hey, what's up, y'all? T-Bob here reminding you that you can come hang out with me and Aaron Murray live on AMP Monday through Thursday. AMP is a new live radio app. You just download it from the Apple Store. You can actually call in, text in, chat with us directly during the show. It's a ton of fun. We're at Snaps, right? Snaps, your favorite college football podcast at Snaps Monday through Thursday, 1 Eastern, New Central, on AMP. Download it and come hang out with us today. Hey, what's up, Amp? What's up, YouTube podcast? Wherever you're listening, this is Snaps, uh, a daily college football podcast that I hope you enjoy. Uh, I'm T Bob Abear. Yes, that T Bob Abear, former uh, coaches team All SEC honorable mention, joined as always by QB1, Aaron Murray. Aaron, what's up, man? I am. I think when this thing drops, you may be watching this YouTube video and also watching SEC Network as Missouri faces South Dakota. I'm currently in the stadium right now. Uh, yeah. in some suite overlooking the stadium, getting ready to call my first of two games this weekend. So I'm pumped, man. I get my first game of the season here in Missouri, beautiful Columbia, and uh, ready to get the season going. Oh, I don't know if anybody's ever tried to make Columbia, Missouri sound like columbia the country but hell yeah it sounded sexy when you did it uh i agree that that is that that's what they're always talking about when they talk about the columbian exports okay uh no that's awesome man football season officially back i'm super hyped for tonight uh we talked about those games already so we're not gonna do it on this show because also you'll probably listen after the thursday night games but i look forward to uh keeping you in the rotation on a laptop, maybe an iPad or some sort, and hear my boy call some Mizzou football. See what Eli Drinkwitz and company has cooked up, dude. How are how you feeling? You feel a little nervous, dude? I would feel I, I I'm not gonna lie. Sidelines, I would feel good about like 
something about the booth is um it's very intimate do you ever get nervous mm -hmm. before this thing like it's a lot of people to kind of be like you know plying your trade live in front of i i get nervous 10 seconds before the mics get hot really yeah like i feel great and then for some reason 10 seconds before the mics get on and the producer's like all right you're on kind of like when brum's like you know we're <coughs> doing that before the show for some reason there's that that lump in your throat yeah. and you can't spit you can't cough because you are essentially live as your play-by-play -play guy is essentially setting the scene talking about the stadium they've it views the mascot the coaches the team running out and i'm like oh. damn it i need to sneeze i need to cough i need to clear my throat and at that point you can't so then you start sweating a little bit how am i going to sound my first words on national tv it's a little <laughs> stressful but i've been good so far knock on wood it's somehow miraculously not croaked once you've been great um that's such a funny thing to think about though that i had never considered is if you're the play-by-play -play guy because it's like football right you're nervous until you get that first hit in and then once yeah. you start talking then you're kind of like okay your adrenaline's leaving yeah. it out a little bit like okay i'm in this thing so what's weird though you've just like exposed me to that i never thought about before which is if you are uh the color commentator you have to sit there and wait for that whole monologue to be done mm -hmm. you're right and like in that whole time so so you're staying it's almost like when you'd be like a starter on the offense and kickoff is going down and those guys are getting their first nerves out of the way and you're just still waiting that little extra bit mm -hmm. before it all gets underway that's cool man Ooh, yeah. adrenaline so your adrenaline gets pumping when you hit the I'm first pumped. commercial break are you like all right let's go yeah, then then I just look at Twitter to see what people are talking crap about, how bad I sound, and how no, uh, no, there's how I'm no so way. biased toward one team or the other. <laughs> Wait, is that is that true though? Do you go immediately to uh, to X dot com during the commercials? <laughs> I do look every now and then during the game, just because there are people who, and I pre I do appreciate there are people who, you know, if I mispronounce a name or say something wrong about a stat or okay. a player, like there are people that are ready to rip you and let you know that you fucked up. And, and you need to correct it. Like they are so ready to go. It's, like as soon as I mispronounce one little thing, immediately it the dimension just like skyrocket. So it's good though. Like I said, it, it keeps me on my toes and make sure that you know, because these fans live these teams day to day. Yeah. And I have a week to prepare for the game <laughs> and do my best to make sure I know everything I can. And obviously we get a little bit more access because we have to talk to the players, we have to talk to the coaches, we have the ability to watch the the, the legitimate game film, not just uh the the tv copy so we are well equipped and prepared but once again i'm not living these teams 365 like these no. these great fans are so i may miss a couple things that they that they know that i don't know well that's like that's why I well i mean i see it firsthand dude like i have lsu fans and they're always trying to like rally me into the mentions against the person i'm like guys i don't give a fuck that he doesn't know this kid's last name for all the reasons you just mentioned <laughs> It's like a crazy Louisiana last name, and he just started reading about the team like a couple of days ago. Yeah. Like, sorry, he doesn't know how to produce the the third string wide receiver who made a nice tackle on special teams, whose last name is like Pontier or so. Like, it's like I don't, you know, it's kind of is what it is. So, you know what, uh, what, what, what fans get really pissed off the most, which cracks me up, is when uh, the same like when two players wear the same number and someone makes a special teams tackle, and like yeah. we don't know which of the two players it was that mm. made it and then they go off like that wasn't so and so do you not know that both these guys i'm like yeah we do but like both of them play special teams and both of them are out there so it's kind of hard to tell which one made that tackle because they're wearing the same damn numbers on different special teams units like 
it's like wow but they get so fueled up by that one and no i minor thing it's it's funny because i have suffered at the hand of that very mistake my Mm. redshirt freshman year i was on kick return I had never really played that much. And so this was my first time where I get into special teams. And about the third game of the season, we were at Auburn and Jordan Hare. They try a squib kick. Time slows down. The ball's <laughs> hurtling at me like a knuckleball. I enter the matrix. I perfectly scoop that bitch high and tight. Bring it 13 yards. Lower my shoulder. 13-yard kick return. I felt as if I had won um, – <laughs> uh, like the Super Bowl. It was incredible. It was, it was the best football movie of my entire life. And so what we would always do is you play the night game, you fly home, and then you'd start drinking beer and watch the ESPN replay at like 2 a.m. So I'm fucking watching. I've been trying for two years to get on the field. I'm watching the replay. I'm like, oh shit, I'm going to hear my name finally. I'm going to hear my name finally. I was playing fullback all the time. So I had number 49 on. And well, I shared that number with defensive end Kirsten Pittman. It was a six-five black man, uh, a senior, <laughs> very lean, very successful. Her his name called Pliny, ton of sacks, and they gave Kirsten Pittman credit on the call for the thirteen-yard uh, kick return, and it, uh, yeah. it it hurt me. I mean, I, I'll never get. I had my beer in hand. I was like, "Gosh, this is it. This is it." I felt like it's like one of those old sitcoms where like the struggling actor makes it. And he's trying to show all of his friends, like, "Guys, this is it," and then he gets cut out the commercial. Like, yeah, that. Mm-hmm. So that's so. See, that's what's happening, Aaron. When you fuck yeah. that up, so get it right. I'm pissing off mom and dad is really mom, dad, brother, sister, yeah. aunt, uncle. They're they're probably the ones in the mentions because they saw their baby boy or nephew or brother make a big play, and uh, I didn't give him his due credit, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. Thirteen yard kick mm-hmm. return. Never got to play at fullback. One time I was about to get in, and we had a no lineman jump offside. I was in like lined up, and then another time, Les Miles called the timeout to take me out. Pff, bitch. Mm-hmm. I got subbed in like a third and one or fourth one. I don't know. All right, let's get to these games, Aaron. Our opening comment of the day from YouTube, uh, BB Bean says, thumbs up, Aaron Murray, for picking the Mighty Gators to win. Thumbs down, T-Bob Bear for not picking the Mighty Gators. Alexi727 says, nothing mighty about six and seven, to which BB Bean, proving his debate skills, says, you sound jealous with an exclamation mark. Hell yes. There is no great comeback for you sound jealous, right? Because like it because that's an opinion. You're lobbying an opinion at someone. I you can never like if, if I say you sound jealous, you can't prove to me that you don't. Because all I have to say is, no, you do. No, I think you're jealous. Yeah. You're jealous of, you know, you're jealous of Urban, you're jealous of two national champions, you're jealous of all this stuff. So good job, BB Bean. Well played. Uh Aaron, let's start with TCU Colorado. Big noon Ooh-wee. kickoff this Saturday. TCU minus 20 and a half. And I think that's representative of how it's going to go down. I think uh, TCU is going to roll them. Uh, so the, the one big thing that, that that worries me for Colorado, there's a couple of things that worry me. First off, you're playing in Dallas. It's going to be hot as hell. It has been one of the hottest summers I think I've ever been a part of. This is just across the country. And you are, the, the big concern heading with Colorado is, is the depth concern. Like you rebuilt the roster, but what does that depth look like? And and you look at TCU right now and they have a new offense coordinator, and that's Kendall Bryles. Kendall Bryles was the offense coordinator for, for Arkansas. And for those who watch Arkansas football, it's up-tempo. It's 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 high pace. It's get to the ball, snap it, let's go. Get to the ball, snap it, let's go. Like there isn't any, there isn't a lot of time to be subbing guys in and out. So between the heat and this this style of football that that Kendall Bryles is gonna run a run for his first year there at TCU, I expect it can be very similar to what he did in Arkansas. They're gonna wear Colorado down. Yeah, And the depth issue, I think, is going to poke its head third, fourth quarter. 
Plus, I do think there's going to be some sort of adrenaline rush, and it happens in a lot of big games where you, at times you can wear yourself out before the game even starts. Like I think for Colorado and 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 Dion and and a lot of those players, there's something to prove. There's a chip on their shoulder, and you can kind of wear yourself out before the game even begins. And that's in practice during the week, and that's Saturday leading up to this matchup. So I think depth concern is going to peek its head out at some point, like third, fourth quarter. I think that's when TCU can kind of run away with it a little bit. So that concerns me. But I, the, the the big thing that I want to see, regardless of of depth issues of new players. I just want to see how this experiment works. Does this football team in Colorado on both sides of the football look like a unit? Does the offense work together as a unit? Does the defense work together as a unit? Or does this turn into essentially like a a pickup backyard football game where 10 minutes before the game, you start picking your guys on your team. Let's go, go out there and see if we can make plays. Like, does it look organized? Does this, hmm. this this method of recreating a football team, can it truly be done in a six-month, or is it just straight chaos? Do you think you'll be able to see that, though, through yes. what I still think is a much better team? And it's week one, right? So, I mean, though they should, Colorado, that it should, in theory, get better as time goes on like everybody else. Yeah. But I guess TCU to me, like, here's my deal with TCU is, again, I like Dion pump for Colorado. I just actually think TCU is really good. And, and I think that yep. we continue to not want to give TCU the big the, the benefit of the doubt. And in this situation, I think I understand what the biggest fear is. And and a lot of people think it's losing Quentin Johnson, Max Duggan, the two running backs like Kendra Miller. I I I understand why people think that, but I think what what really scares people at the end of the day, or maybe what scares me is that from the outside looking in, if you look at Sonny Dykes's resume as a head coach, this was an outlier year. He's had yeah. some pretty good years otherwise, but he's never had anything close to what uh, to what he experienced last year with the Horn Frogs. Now, that said, my counter to that would be that TCU is a significantly better job than La Tech, Cal, and SMU. Yep where he was previously, right? And it has a lot more inherent power. And this is where we get back to we're always doubting them. And yet, my favorite stat about TCU, you look up, in the last 14 years, half the time, they finish in the top seven. Yeah. And that's with like three, so seven in the last 14 years in the top seven. And like three or four years in the top four. So it's not actually like that outside of the realm of possibility for TCU to be able to reload. And then you look at, okay, they get Tommy Brockermeyer, the tackle, JoJo Orley receiver, Trey Sanders running back, all from Alabama. You get four-star corner Avery Helm from Florida. You get Jack Best from LSU. Uh, you yeah. like you said, you replace Garrett Riley with Kendall Bryles. Like yeah. these are all good. They moves. did a great job in the portal. I think. I think, and that was going to be one of my points too. Is like we we focus so much on Colorado because it was so extreme, but TCU went into the portal and got the pieces they needed to replace a lot of those yes. guys. Like, will the production be the same? I, I, time will tell. Like, how do those pieces fit in? But they're quality players that they brought in to fill specific needs. Where there isn't going to be this massive drop from what you saw last year at the receiving position, at the running back position. So that gives me confidence that this team could have another successful season. I'll go to your back to you. Kind of you asked me, like, how will we truly see if Colorado is organized? And I think it's a couple of things. I do think that there is a a a, um, a point, especially at the offensive line, where you can see how, do the, how does that unit work together? Is Sherrod literally running for his life the entire time? Are, are offensive linemen blowing uh, protections where linebackers, you know, going right between the A gap free? I think on defense, blown coverage, and you can always see too. I mean, we know it. Like 
when when guys are arguing and blaming each other and yes. guys putting their arms in the yeah, air like yeah, what the hell you were supposed to have the deep half like that was your responsibility so like to me that would be the concern of like yeah that's a team that was trying to be you know they try to build in six months and it just doesn't work and and you said like they will get better throughout the season but if you're having big major issues schematically and communication wise in the first game of the season that doesn't bode well for the rest of the year so those are kind of the telltale signs. Um, and speaking of that offensive line in Colorado, our boy uh, that that we kind of ripped the, the other day, pulled out my phone right now. Yeah, six eight one. No, Tom Luganbell. Oh uh, yeah, sent me a, Lugan, a nice long message, and he wants what? to jump on the show at some point uh, to uh, <laughs> to talk Colorado football. <laughs> Fuck, we can't go toe to we can't go toe to toe with Tom Luganbell's knowledge. He sits here and talks about like. High school kids, twenty four seven. He knows all these cats inside and out. I mean, we got a long message, boys. I mean, I will tell Tom's ready, baby. And I, I made sure I told Tom too. I was like, Tom, I wasn't like dissing you. Like, I respect what you do. I just obviously disagreed with your take on this one. And he sent a long explanation of of why it wasn't as extreme as what that clip made it out to be. Um, but would love was a fan of the boys and would love to jump on the show to discuss. Fuck yes, Tom. Hell yes, dude. And to be clear, yes, Tom and Run. Circles around me in general knowledge. I'm merely saying that you can't say worst roster and then say two NFL corners. You know, that's all I'm saying. Yeah. Like, no worst roster in the country is two NFL corners. No. Uh, but I would love to have Lugan. Lugan. Damn it. Do you think he knows I called him Lugan No Chill? That's not bad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, on the Colorado side of things, I am, I'm hyped to see Shadur Sanders. Yeah. Um, I mean, that, and, that, and, and like obviously Travis Hunter, or whatever, but Shadur specifically, because I was thinking about, it, I was like, well, I know Shadur is good, but let me look at like his actual numbers. Right. I mean, these stats are fucking crazy. Yeah. He's a his winner too, man. Year, yeah, 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 exactly. But his freshman year, he completed 66 passes, 3,200 yards, 30 touchdowns, eight picks. Okay. That's all very good. Then what do you love to see? Improvement the next year, 70% completion percentage. So jumps that up five points. 3,700 yards, up 500 yards, 40 touchdowns, six picks. So 10 more tuds, two less picks. Like those numbers are not going to carry over one to one. And Tom is right that he's sure he's going to be running for his life a lot of time. But how much of that will translate over? That's what I want to see. You think, and he's maybe you got what, like two or three losses. If, if we pull the thousand people, a thousand college football diehard fans, what percentage of them? are rooting for success for Dion in Colorado this season. Mm. Or people, 50, 50, or people it might be kind of close. 50, 50, what? What's that? 50, 50. I'm about to say, I think it's kind of like 50, 50. Yeah. It's one which, which is, which is ideally the, you know, the, because he's the, the that's why we talk about football him. because he's, he's, he has brought extreme change to the game of football between yeah. the way he created his roster Obviously, they were the big movers that kind of started the domino effects of the death of the Pac-12 this season. I mean, they were the first ones to jump that went to the Big 12. So, like, True. he's made monster moves in six months. So, like, are, are people Holy like, shit. hell yeah, like, this is new college football, well for it. Or, like, fuck it, like, this dude has ruined college football by the way he's created a roster and essentially started the death of a conference. I mean, he really did. Prime killed the Pac-12. That's amazing. Uh, yeah, he, and also, like, What's representative is 50-50 is how much we talk about Colorado. Because, again, I think TCU is going to smoke him this Saturday. But um, we will see. Uh, next up on the list, it's UNC. Uh, excuse, yeah, North Carolina versus South Carolina. Um, it's going to be in Chapel Hill. Uh, UNC minus two and a half here. 
Okay, tell me if I'm wrong, boys. And I think that this could just be my SEC bias showing through. When I look at this game, I've got a, you know, for me, I'm a, my immediate reaction is, okay, put up or shut up for South Carolina. And then I think about the UNC side of the thing, and I'm like, whatever. Like, it feels weird for UNC. I feel like everybody's really excited for the year, and, I, and I'm sure that UNC fans in particular are feeling a little disrespected, but everybody's, like, excited to see Drake May. Yeah. We think, um, like, you know, we think Drake May's going to put up crazy numbers, but we don't expect Mac Brown to be competing for championships. Like, there's no great expectations thrust upon Brown, but we like Brown because he's yep. doing pretty good at North Carolina. It just feels like there's no... Like it doesn't matter if UNC wins this game. At the end of the year, we're going to look up. Drake May's going to have thrown for forty something touchdowns, four thousand yards, and UNC will have nine wins. Is that yeah. fair, or is this just my SEC vibe? No, I don't think UNC is nearly as good as they were last year. And last year was even a really good year. So, you know, it's it's the Drake May show. You have a horrendous defense that was dead last when it came to yards given up per game and passing in that conference, and not a really good conference when it comes to defense, anyways. Uh, you you lose your top receivers. Um, Josh Downs being a, a complete stud from last season. Yeah. Uh, and you have a new offensive coordinator. Let's not forget that. Their offensive, offensive coordinator is not Wisconsin. You know, Chip sure. Lindsey comes in with a new style of offense. So, like, this isn't going to be an offense that wants to push the ball through the air as much as they did last year. So, you know, there's going to be a little bit more running. And and and, and uh, even Drake May has shown the ability to run. So, like, is this game going to be lower scoring than what we are anticipating? I think, like, the over-under total score is, like, 65 or something like that. I think North Carolina is going to want to run the ball a little bit more to kind of ease these receivers into it. So I think Drake obviously is Drake and he'll put up some good numbers. I think Spencer will probably put up better numbers because whoa, of the, whoa, whoa. The, the no, that's a take. That's a take. That's a take. You think Spencer, you think Spencer Rattler at the end of this game will have better numbers yeah. than Drake may. I do think he'll have better numbers. I think he has better weapons around him. Juice is healthy. Trey Knox is healthy. Um, and, and being around Spencer this offseason and talking with people in, in that staff, how much he's grown mentally and, and, and more s secure with who he is as a quarterback. I mean, let's not forget two okay. years ago, people were talking about this kid being a first-round draft pick. Like, sure. there is talent there. And, and South Carolina has done a good job this offseason of surrounding him with, with some decent talent as well. Like, that's my biggest issue. Like, yeah, Drake is great, and I always talk about a quarterback can elevate the level of play of, of his receivers – but if you just don't have good receivers, it doesn't really matter. And, you, and once again, you have a coordinator that's going to want to run the ball a little bit more than last year for UNC. So, yeah, I think USC comes out with Spencer Rattler firing that pigskin against a really bad defensive backfield for North Carolina. Once again, that was dead last in the ACC in yards given up per game throwing with better talent around them. So, yes, I think Spencer's going to have a better statistical game uh, in this matchup between the two. Am I um... – it's, it's another weird situation, kind of like when I was making fun of Carson Beck for his Snapchats, where I still judge Spencer Rattler based on some of those QB1 clips or whatever that show was from when he was in high school. And the only reason being is that he just comes off like an asshole, right? But yeah. then I have to catch myself and be like, well, I was an asshole. Every 18-year-old kid that I've ever met is an asshole. Yeah. I see them now and I just get like my, my blood starts to boil a little bit. So like, do you think he's matured? I guess is what I'm saying. Because like, oh, yeah. that was a big knock on well, him. Also, like, you have to understand like, those shows. Everything else. You have to understand those shows, man. I'm, they're very True. different shows, but I'll, I'll compare it to The Bachelor. Yeah. Because my brother was a two-time winner on The Bachelor. Only one in history. going to be on his hey. gravestone. Wait, uh, wait, wait. 
I remember watching his first season. He went back for a, di a double dip. He double no dipped. He, he won for LSU graduate Andy Dorfman. He was selected no, in the Bachelorette. Yeah, but then that. he went to Bachelor in Paradise and oh. got engaged on Bachelor in Paradise. I didn't know he anyway. won Bachelor in Paradise. He used to love Bachelor in Paradise. You yeah, know, Andy well, Dorfman was like uh, Andy Dorfman dated all throughout college at LSU. Dated my best one of my best friends, Ryan Miller. He's like my older brother. Back well, anyway, back to the show. They yeah. created a narrative that Josh was the villain. Yeah, I remember. Four times too. <laughs> but like he would say things about one topic and it was completely false because he was saying that about another thing. So like, let's not take, you know, let's also take into account the editors of these shows. You know, Fair. Spencer may have said one bad thing and they kind of say, you know what, let's make Spencer the, you know, let's make him the villain in this show. I'm not trying to defend him because he could no, be no, I feel you. But you, let's, let's, let's pump the brakes. I've heard nothing but good things about Spencer Rattler from a, as a teammate, yeah. uh, as a player, all that. So. Well, and that's what that I was trying to get at. That's what I was trying to get yeah. at because I think a lot of people have seen that clip. And I think when he started to go through some struggles, those were all making the rounds again. Uh, yeah. And so, yeah, again, if you'd film me as in high school, I would have, yeah, I thought it was so cool. Um, all right. Uh, so, uh, okay. But I guess the overall point is here. I think there's more on the line for South Carolina. I think South Carolina is trying to, I mean, I think they're fighting for third in the East, but many people will tell you that they think they're even fighting for uh, maybe even second in the East. And you're not going to be third or second if you can't beat North Carolina. You got them fifth. I got them fifth. I think after three, there's a battle for four between Missouri and South Carolina, um, which is crazy. I get it, but I really like Kentucky. I really like Tennessee. Um, you know, I like Missouri, and maybe it's because I've been studying Missouri all week, and I'm here, and I'm kind of feeling the the energy. Uh, but I think Missouri is a good football team, so I would Missouri. Yeah, what do they do well though? Team. Okay, real quick, little Missouri side side journey here. Yeah. Let's take the road less traveled. What does Mizzou do well from your research that's getting you excited? Uh, defensively, I mean, there's a defense that. Went from 33 points, giving up her game to 25 points last year. I mean, they bring in a new defense coordinator, Baker, and, and he was uh, a beast were, at LSU. It was great. I mean, they have two NFL corners on the outside. Uh, I think they have maybe a not maybe. I think they, they do have a, a a first round talent at the linebacking position. You know, they got some good depth at the defense line. Like the, this defense will be nasty. We saw it last year. It was, they were really good. I mean, just go back and watch the Georgia game. Uh, and then I think on um, offense they've improved. The offensive line is mostly retained. Um, you know, I, I, I think the quarterback's going to be better. He played the whole last year with a damn Brady Cook with a torn labrum. Um, oh. He got that repaired and, as soon as it okay. ended. Yeah, partially torn labrum. So he's going to be a better thrower. He's a dynamic runner. I know they lost Dominic Lovett, but everyone's just super giddy. You know, with, with Luther Byrne heading into his second year, Mookie, Mookie as well in the slot, uh, and then the, the, the big-time transfer they got from Oklahoma as well, Theo Wee. So – they got a lot of parts returning. Once again, a really good defense returning. Um, I think Brady Cook's going to be better than he was last year. I think that was the big holdup, along with an offensive line that was a little bit struggling versus the run. They should be improved there. So, yeah, I think Missouri – and I forget, like, Missouri won six games. Last year. Yeah. They should have beaten – they should have yeah. beat Auburn. They missed it. They missed a, 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 a essentially an, uh, an extra point to win it. Then they fumbled it in the end I zone. Know. I know. I know. Yeah, yeah. No, it was so that's awful. a win. They had Georgia on the ropes in the fourth quarter. Should it be Georgia? This, the, a rule change versus Kentucky where they blocked the punt or it turned into a roughing the punter. Should have won that game. I mean, there's three or four games on the schedule, like literally three or four plays that should have gone their way, and they're an eight-win team. 
and we're thinking about them different heading into the season. Sure. All right. Look, my boys' knives are sharp. Let's go. So UNC's the favorite, though. It sounds like you think South Carolina wins. I do think South Carolina wins. I do. Okay. I think they're a better football team. I'm with you as if we well. Do a betting show, if we do a betting show tomorrow, I'm picking South Carolina. <laughs> I'll say this too. Uh, Shane Beamer's stock is so high right now. Yeah. He seems so likable. The energy's so positive. He's like a mixture of like Michael Scott and Ted Lasso. It's uh, But guess what? Until you stop winning, then nobody yeah. likes that shit. <laughs> so good luck, Shane Beamer. 76, 8, and 5. First years. It's kind of hard to win there. All right. Next, let's head over to a kind of a random matchup. A little Big 12, Big 10 action. West Virginia against Penn State. I say random. I was maybe not fully aware of the history of this series. Um, but the bottom line in this game, man, we can talk about West Virginia, but obviously here we're here to talk about Penn State. Uh, the bottom line is Penn State needs to make a statement here yeah. like this needs to be a drew aller uh coming out party is it aller or alar i've been so i've always said alar because alar. um okay well okay but but jake's been saying aller on our radio show and so it's making me uncomfortable mm -hmm. now i'm saying aller i've always said alar because when i read uh king killer chronicles by patrick rothfuss you have to learn to uh like you know the strength of your alar is how you do magic essentially uh, yeah yeah uh, whatever. <laughs> Drew has to have a good game. I get it. Like, there's a lot of excitement for Drew, but let's not forget that that Nicholas Singleton and 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 uh, Allen at running back combined for 1,900 yards and 22 touchdowns last year. Like, this is going to be an offense that still needs to go through those two running backs and a really good offensive line. So, you look at West Virginia; they lose their best players at the defensive tackle position. They also were horrendous on defense last year too. So, like for me, for Penn State, like don't overthink it. Like, yeah, the fans want to see Drew go out there and wing it around and throw four or five touchdowns, and they can jump up and down the pom-pom saying, we got our quarterback, we got our quarterback, we're going to beat you know, Ohio State Michigan. Pump the brakes. You no. have a really good defense. You may you may have a top two or three defense in that conference this year, one of the best defenses in the, in the country. You have two of the best running backs in that conference with a good offensive line. Let Drew be the complement to the run game. Is 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 just my why? Do so you get lose to Michigan and Ohio State again? How's this any different from so. how you talk about Michigan? You keep talking about how Michigan, if they're going to finally beat Georgia or whatever, that they've got to be more willing to lean on JJ McCarthy. Well, yeah, we saw what nineteen hundred combined rushing yards gets you, and it's beating the fuck out of everybody else except for Michigan and Ohio State. I want to watch JJ McCarthy cook. I want to watch nah. Drew Aller cook. And what's funny is Dallas, you actually baby. sound Dallas. you actually sound exactly like James Franklin, which means you're probably right because both of y'all know yeah. more football than me. But, quote, here's a, here's a James Franklin quote uh, from Wednesday. Quote, at the end of the day, I want him to continue to play like he did last year with poise and a really good understanding of how to manage the game. I want him to let the plays come to him because Amen. with our running game and with the weapons that we have at tight end and wide receiver, he doesn't need to force anything. He doesn't have to feel like he's got too much on his shoulders. You know how much pressure's on this young kid already, T Bob? And, and I know. I promise I never read that quote. That's just my opinion about the football team. Um, I'm not trying to put the world on this kid's shoulders and, and, and say am. that you need to go out there and be a you know an all American as a young as a young pup uh, when you do have some support. I mean, I need him to have a good season. Like, yeah, if you're going to beat Michigan or beat Ohio State, he's going to have to play really good games. But a really good game doesn't mean that he needs to go out there and throw five touchdowns versus either of those teams. It just means he needs to be efficient. He needs to complete 70% of his passes. He needs to 
protect the football and not turn it over I the whole and lean on that like running Corey, game to give him those opportunities though? to push the field down the field. That just all sounds like Sean Clifford, though, right? Mm, Sean got I mean, a like, reckless at times. And I, you think, you but, but, but he, he, has, he has more ability when the shots are there to execute the big plays, but you can't force them. Okay. Like if there's okay. a big play to be made, he is a there's a better chance okay. of Drew than Clifford making that. the big play. I can understand that. Okay. Okay. Hmm. Well done. You've opened my mind a little bit. Um, one thing I don't know they're gonna be able to change my mind on here, and I gotta mention, I cannot believe that Penn State is wasting their whiteout game on this game. Um, this feels like a tight butthole move to me. And I don't mean like in the workaholic sense where tight butthole like means po- like a positive connotation. I mean, like it feels stressful to me. You got, you got Iowa and Michigan coming to happy Valley later this season, and you're going to waste the wide out on WVU. And look, I'm, I'm a, I'm a fan of the, uh, or I'm a believer of the whiteout power. Like, I think it's actually, some of that stuff can be gimmicky and not always work. I think when Penn State does it, I think it's intimidating. I think it's crazy. I think it has, like, an actual ability to affect the game. And so to spend it here, I mean, Iowa is a night game. It would have been perfect against Iowa. But um, they only do one a year. Can we not do more? Can we not do more? I think it's only one a year. If they do more, then it feels like it loses its luster, right? It's yeah. it's, it's it's like you need a little like force this an exception. You have to do more. You can't waste it on – uh, you gave me a stroke power. saying the phrase whiteout power in the show. I thought that was going to go a lot <laughs> I think there's a real power in the whiteout. Yeah, no. Um, well, okay, kind of in keeping with that, Brum, the one thing I do like about having the whiteout against West Virginia, what should the headline, maybe you'll know, what should the headline read if Penn State wins big? The wild and wonderful whiteout of West Virginia. Anybody remember that? Uh, documentary, no. Wild and Wonderful Whites, West Virginia. No, you never saw it, Aaron. Did you ever see it? He shakes sounds what? He shakes little. the pill bottle. West Virginia mate and call. What are we talking? Okay, God damn it. Never mind. Fuck me. I, I like wrote that whole joke out before the show, thinking it was going to kill. And uh, does I think the, I think the big question T is okay. Is, it's does, a movie. Does Neil, does Wild and Wonderful Whites of West. God damn. Okay, what? No one. Don't give a shit. Just, just it's dead. Does does West Virginia rally around Neil Brown? Do they, Fuck do they no. love their coach? Fuck no. <laughs> what are you talking about? West Virginia's horrible. They're going to start one and four. Their only hope, they have a nice running back in CJ Donaldson. Um, but I mean, what's he going to do against his Penn State defense? Nothing. Now, and I will say this. I'm glad because in the end, this will lead to the end, lead to the end of the Neil Brown era. But let's let's remember this because it's real easy to think of WVU as just being shit. This is not who they are. If they have a third losing season this year, which I'm guessing they're going to, That'd be their first time since 76 through 79. Okay. This is not who West Virginia is meant to be. And it goes beyond the football program. The entire school has bad leadership, money issues, yeah. whatever. But um, but the point is like West Virginia is more powerful than this. And and we just need the right guy to get back over there. Okay. So uh Penn State rolls. If they don't, then we're all gonna be talking shit about James Franklin and Drew Lar, even though it's like, you know. Aaron's going to be happy because he went like 15 to 20 and threw for 200 yards. Hell yeah. That's all he needs to do, man. Yeah, no, he needs to do more than Take care of the football, Drew. Take care of the football, buddy. Oh, my God. Um, Okay, then Sunday night, LSU, FSU. We've talked about this one a lot. I definitely have. Um, I think this is my final read on it, Aaron. Superstars all over the place at all the most important positions in football. 
maybe the one strength on weakness is Florida State's weapons against LSU's secondary. Yep. But uh, at the end of the day, I pretty much feel the on-field talent is equal. And yes. so to me, I'm like, okay, well, then Brian Kelly is going to push me into giving LSU the slight nod. If, it's, if you're telling me it's I Brian agree. Kelly versus Mike Norvell, like this is why you paid Brian Kelly $10 million. It's not to go lose to Florida State two years in a row, right? Like it's not to lose to Mike Norvell two years in a row. And last year, I, the, the product looked awful game one, but, but that's okay. We can explain it away. Nine months. He had nine months from when he took over a team that was uh, decimated. 39 scholars, you know the whole story, right? And so that made sense at the time. I mean, two weeks later, it looked like a completely different team, like literally in terms of all the personnel changes they had made. But now the 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 Brian Kelly process, which I have sucked the process down, like 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 David Koresh Kool-Aid, okay? I am a firm believer in the cult of Kelly, but this is where the process has to prove itself. Yep. Prove that you've improved your team more than Mike Norvell has. Prove that even though you maybe have a weakness on the field that he does not, that you can overcome said weakness. Prove you can make Jaden Daniels as good as you think we think he can be and prove that you're worth that $10 million a year, quite frankly. Like that's, yeah. that's what's on the line here. No, he's definitely the the, the better coach. Um, and then you talk about the mistakes early on last season in that first game for LSU. Let's not forget, Florida State had a game before. They played week zero. Yeah. They had an opportunity to kind of work out some of the kinks. LSU, this was their first time with a brand-new roster going against a team that kind of got those jitters out. I mean, that's why there's another game that we're not going to talk about, but it's kind of intriguing to me is – uh, Oregon State facing San Jose State this weekend. San Jose State looked pretty good in their week one matchup. <laughs> Oregon State lost a lot of guys on defense and they're True. breaking in a new quarterback in DJU. So like the power of being able to play in week zero before a big matchup in week two is significant. And, and Florida State doesn't have that luxury this year. I'm not saying they do. Like They're a more experienced team this year and they should be able to handle it fine. But that that levels the playing field a little bit more than what we saw last year in this matchup. So I think LSU is slightly the better team. I think they're better. I think I do agree with you that Brian Kelly, you know how I feel about him. He's the better coach in this matchup. Um, I think it's going to be a, it, it is going to be for a week one matchup with how much both teams are bringing back. This will be by far the most efficient, best looking game of the year, which I think I said this on the show. Be. I believe how much different this game will look than it did last year, which was oh, sloppy, yeah. ugly, uh, so bad it was beautiful. This no. is going to be, I can't wait for Sunday night. Aaron, we talked about it yesterday, uh, but this is like, and I'm sure this doesn't exist anymore nowadays because of Instagram and everything, but this is like when you used to go away for the summer during school yep. and then you came back and you're like, whoa, he got hot. Or like, whoa, she yeah. got hot. Like, he's got abs now. She's got boobs. Like, what the heck, man? I'm still fat and I have braces and I'm very pale mm -hmm. and I'm just, I'm, I'm trying to get three pubes. Like, what's going on here? They're, they're no longer sixth grade T-Bob. They're like ninth grade T-Bob. Ready yeah. to fuck up the world. I mean, kind of, I guess. I don't know. Sixth grade was an insecure time. Um, Jay, hey, man, this is on, it's on Jaden, though. Like, this is, I yes. hyped him up. Everyone else has hyped him up. Uh, you got to go perform because I think Jordan Travis will perform. I think Jordan Travis, it's going to be hard for him not to. I mean, when you have Jordan Travis was more consistent last year, Jaden had highs, but he was too inconsistent. Jordan Travis yes. was very consistent by the end of the year. But he also, Jordan had a significantly easier schedule down the stretch. I mean, true. their schedule down the stretch very was true. cupcake. Uh, and he didn't play too great versus Florida. I think he was like 13 of 30 versus the Gators last year, which was yeah, not I think you're right. uh, a great showing at all. So 
um, he didn't play the level of competition week in and week out that that Jaden did. So I, it's hard for me to believe that when you look at the running back and the receivers and the tight end that that you know Jordan Travis isn't going to have a, a good game. It's it's if if we truly think Jaden is a Heisman guy, and if you you know if you if you've improved with your anticipation and trust with those receivers, just like letting it rip, that's the key. Um, can the offense line protect him? Yes. But if he still doesn't trust himself to throw the ball 15, 20 plus yards down the field, that's going to be an issue. And, and I think the biggest thing I want to see for LSU too is can you find a running game where you're not mm. putting the pressure on Jaden to have to do both? Because that is stressful as a quarterback. When you look up and your team isn't getting the, the job done running, then all of a sudden you kind of take that on your own to be the running back and the quarterback. If we truly want to see Jaden take that step as a, as a legitimate thrower of the football, LSU needs to find a way to take the pressure off of him of feeling like he has to do both positions. Yeah, and on that, you know, I don't know what's going to happen. I know a lot was made of John Emery, uh, the former number one running back in the nation, LSU five-star, who was announced out for this game. But frankly, it doesn't really move the needle. Again, this is where I put on my like local hat, right? Um, <clears throat> like Mason Smith, losing him, that's enough to nearly tip me over to thinking that FSU is going to win. Losing John yep. Emery doesn't change much. Now, Josh Williams also being unhealthy, then you're kind of down to just Logan Diggs and Noah Kane, and that's not a great place to be running back wise for LSU. So, JLab has something for everyone with earbuds and headphones that are as versatile as you are. Perfect for calls, listening to podcasts, and working out. They are built for every single moment. JLab is proud to partner with powerhouse college athletics, UCLA, Duke. Gonzaga, Indiana, St. John's, TCU, Vanderbilt, Arkansas, Minnesota, San Diego State, and more. From lively tailgates to coaches' play calling and courtside rivalries to college athletics and IL deals, JLab joins the action and connects with 182 million plus college sports fans nationwide. They're excited to partner with 17 D1 college schools showcasing their passion and loyalty of fans and athletes across the United States. Whether creating cutting-edge tech products or pursuing athletic greatness, being the best takes hard work and commitment. JLab is proud to partner with schools who are showcasing the hard work, perseverance, and even the championship celebrations across all college sports. Use code SNAPS25 for 25% off your order. Visit JLab.com to find your kind of tech. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about an American-made success story in Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. Black Buffalo's nicotine pouches are not owned by Big Tobacco. They're an independent company proudly built right here in the USA for 21 and over adult consumers. Black Buffalo was built by dippers with decades of smokeless tobacco use. They believed the market wanted tobacco alternative nicotine products that offered the best of both worlds. Bold flavor, full pouches. What are they made of? It's pretty simple. Cured edible green leaves, food grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical grade nicotine. Most importantly, there's no tobacco leaf or stem. All proudly made right here in the USA. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco, and want to join the Black Buffalo Herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. 
You can order nicotine pouches online, and they ship directly to most states. Or check out the store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. To your point, Aaron, about the Florida game last year, this might actually be the weirdest stat line I've ever seen. Um, Jordan Travis was 13 of 30, but with 270 yards and a touchdown. So so only completed 43% of his passes, but still averaged nine yards per attempt on 30 attempts. He averaged over 20 yards of completion. <laughs> like, hey, when he did complete it, it went great. It just yeah. didn't happen as often as it needed they had, to. They had longs of 34, 25, 44, 29. <laughs> I mean, get him in chunks. Yeah. Uh, okay, Jordan. Uh, so at the end of the day, coin flip game. Yep. Um, I have no great conviction. I'm just saying that I think Brian Kelly pushes me over the edge to the LSU side of the equation. What is it? Two and a half still? Two and a half is where we're at? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> two and a half. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think I'm going to be gambling on it. Lost a lot of money on this game last year, being overly cocky. Um, Clemson, but hey, it's only Thursday, so who knows? Things could change. Uh, and then finally, week one of college football wrap up Monday night with Clemson and Duke. Um, you know, the football heads will tell you this is a sneaky good game here. And so I'm going to tell you. It's a sneaky good game because why? Because we all think Duke is sneaky good because we like what Mike Elko did. He went nine and four. Riley Leonard was really good as a sophomore quarterback to over 3,000 yards, 20 touchdowns, six picks. But guess what? They're going to get their fucking ass beat by Clipson. Nope. Nope. Duke has the better quarterback in this matchup. And and I'm excited to see what? I'm excited to see what Club Nick looks like. With with Riley at OC now and second year and the confidence and getting all the reps because DJU's gone. Like, uh, I hope he proves me fucking wrong. I do. Good, go out there and do your thing, kid. But you still got receivers that also need to prove me wrong too. So you look at Duke, um, and I think the one thing that should give Duke fans confidence is not only how how much Leonard threw the ball and how well he threw it last year, but how effective he was running the football as well. Thirteen rushing touchdowns. Uh, what was it? I mean, oh, I didn't. Okay, yards rushing. Okay. He's at 812 yards rushing and 13 I touchdowns. I know he got in there 13 the times. All right. Like, all right, if you want to mess up a defense, yeah, have a quarterback that can do both. And, and that's what I'm saying. Like, he's the better quarterback of the two, and he's going to give Clemson's defense, which is really good. You know, the goal is to hopefully give them some fits with the ability to incorporate the quarterback run as well. So, uh, I like Duke's defense. They're at home. Not that that's saying a lot because it's not like they you know, have 90,000 people. The but Cameron crazies. Them. Only they're going to be it's, outside. Let's see if they can bring it. Bring the crazies, man. I mean, you got, like I said, you got the better quarterback. You're at home. You got a lot of confidence after last year. You returned essentially your entire football team. I mean, the majority of starters, like eight, nine starters on both sides of the football. Mike Elko, year two. I think this is going to be a great game. I think Clemson wins just because they're better. They're more talented. And I think that will prevail in the you know fourth quarter. But I think. 
five. There's still a lot of, of question marks about what Clemson's offense can look like this year. They're not just going to line up and just steamboat them. All right. Steamboat. Yeah. We talked about oh. this yesterday. Malifor is when you combine two colloquialisms. I don't know if steamboat quite because you were thinking about, well, you could have been doing boat race, steam punch, steam no pro- boat. I think you're thinking steamboat. like boat race, right? Steamroll, boat race. Steamroll and boat race. It is a Malifor. <laughs> Fuck yes, dude. That's what I'm talking about. Heck yeah. What's, 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 why am I drawing a blank? What was it from uh, Wedding Crashers? Motorboat. 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 Oh, Motorboat. steamboat. That's that is something like, very different. I actually, no, I actually understood <laughs> it, though. When you did like the, I knew what you were referencing. So I was thinking, I was like, yeah, you steamboat, you steamboat. It was like, let me in there. Um, okay, so so you would, it sounds, I know this isn't a gambling show, but it sounds like you would take Duke plus 13. I would take Duke plus 13, yes. Dude, I did not realize how much I missed gambling. Fuck, I'm getting excited. I know. Uh, I don't realize how much I missed texting you my lines on Monday and having to hassle you on fucking Thursday to still put them in. Look, I got you my I got I got you minus 1400 odds on Carson Beck. So you're welcome. So it's I've lost 200 now cuz it was 1600 about an hour ago. No, no, no. I'm saying when you wanted me to place bet it was at 3000 plus oh. 3000 and oh. now it's at plus 1600. So if you don't know about gambling, it sounded like I said I did something good for Aaron, but I clearly just no. said that I completely no. uh fucked him. <laughs> no. Allegedly if he was gambling through my account, which he is not, to be oh, clear. No, allegedly he's not. I don't know. <laughs> is that illegal? I don't know. We'll see. Are we going to get uh, like Iowa and Iowa State? Are we going to get in trouble here? Kirk Ferentz, culture problems? People are talking. Culture problems on snaps. Um, I think I'm, I, God damn it. I hate going against you directly when you feel like you have a good read because you know more football than I do, but I think I Dude, like it's so hard week game. one to gamble. It is so hard to gamble on week one. This is college football with brand new rosters and new coaches and this that, and the other like to me the hardest thing in the world to do is is win week one even like the first two weeks of the season like i don't start feeling really good till week four well, i mean we don't have any film to watch and we're not exactly like, we're not gonna we're not gonna said, like, learn anything this week, it's all duke, like i know what duke returns like i've seen it we saw they returned their like entire roster and coach and coaching staff and clemson you know got some changes We'll see. see. Now I'm already doubting myself. Oh, crap. Okay. Well, hey, it's going to be a very fun year of football and snaps. I'm so excited. I'm done with the work day. Going to go get the kids from school, lock in for tonight, listen to Aaron, watch a little corn hub action, Florida, Utah. Oh, yeah. As you can see, if you're watching on YouTube now, Aaron flipping his camera over. See if we get that Wait color. For it. Just Wait, here for it. Wait for oh, it. Wait for it. Wait for it. Oh, look at that. That is a yeah. Mizzou's field looks stunning. It looks like a beautiful day out there, too. Oh, Gordon you know Gordon. what I was going to say? Last thing, you know what TCU, TCU should do to Colorado? And I'm not joking. TCU should wear their white uniforms and make Colorado wear their blacks Ooh. in that heat. You will melt. Ooh, I've seen it firsthand. We did it to they App should. State back in the day, and they fucking quit during the warm-ups. They, they went inside early. Little little Good 4D I mean, tip. Okay. Woo-wee. Uh, what is what is Dallas? Temp- I mean, it's got to be hot. It like feels good here in Louisiana today. So I don't know. Like today, yeah. the high was ninety seven, which sounds bad, but it feels great. Um, whatever. YouTube.com slash at volume Dallas, Texas on Saturday, ninety eight degrees high. Yes, yes. yes. <laughs> and then Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday is a hundred degrees. It gets one hundred and one the next weekend. So it's going to be goes back. 
It's gonna be hot in Dallas for a team. That's that what I'm saying. I'm, I'm not. I'm not joking. I'm not joking. Make them wear their black uniforms. They're from fucking Colorado. Yeah, they're going to die. They make you play in altitude. Fucking make them play in heat. I agree. I agree. Yeah. That's a great part about college football. It's like an RPG. It's like all my games, like D and D, that I love to play. Like if you train in the heat, you get bonuses to your skill checks when you're in the heat. If you're a yeah. fucking mountain people, you get bonuses when you're in the mountain range. Like my lungs wouldn't be able to handle it. I'm not adapt to that, mm -hmm. but I can suck down this fucking scorching hot tea steam that they call oxygen out here in South Louisiana. Fucking yeah. not burn my lungs at all. Well, we love you. And we hope that uh, you enjoy tonight's football and this weekend's football. And we're going to be recording a ton throughout the weekend again after FSU LSU. Aaron's got a very exciting show with a couple of special guests lined up Sunday, which you definitely want to check out. We'll do a Saturday night, Friday morning, all of it. Coming up here on Snaps, YouTube.com, so chat volume snaps, like it, subscribe, Road to 2000. Y'all are killing it. Thank you so much. Um, podcast rate, review, Apple, Spotify. You already know the deal. Thank you to Amp. Thank you to the volume. Thank you to Ryan Brumley, Chris Tran, Pat Gunther. Adam Gracia, Danny Cardenas. Thank you, Aaron Murray. But most of all, thank you, the listeners. We love you. And we'll see you on the next episode of Snaps. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.